0: G'day folks, it's the coach here and we are doing something unique this week. Not only have I just done an unboxing of dragons, I've never done an unboxing before on the channel, but I am doing something unique. That's right, folks, look above. It has the War Machine logo. You never would have thought to see the day that something that is not Age of Sigma is talked on this channel we are talking War Machine, but not getting into the weeds of War Machine because I'm not a War Machine player. This is not a rebrand of War Machine. But I'm joined by a pretty special guest. I'm joined by somebody who has come from the War Machine community. Is it War Machine or Hordes? Because you've got War Machine, you've got Hordes, you've got War Hordes. So
1: yeah.
0: like, I got really confused.
1: It's uh, it's just two games. It's two separate games, but they play a like, bit... bit- together very like well it's, it's, by the way it's tom tom
0: guan it's guan yeah. right tom yeah. tom guan uh, yeah. i didn't actually i didn't completely do the introduction i didn't completely do it but before we get into the to, into the good juicy stuff like you know this is not tom has just didn't come over and like he's played one game of age sigma he's gone in and he's kicked some serious backside you came eighth at the warhammer open at austin you came fifth at socal open Night that uh, US Open, at New Orleans. You did seventh at Old Town Throwdown two. You've done a lot of good stuff. We won't talk about Michigan G- Michigan GT, but <laughs> skip that one. <laughs> we'll skip that one. But yeah. I'm really curious to hear from Tom what his experience has been coming to Age of Sigma. What he's kind of learnt along the way. What are the differences between our communities? And the other thing that I really want to know is what can we learn. You know what can we borrow and steal that's worked really well in Age of Sigil, in War Machine, that maybe we could get exposed to and kind of enhance our scene. But Tom, welcome, g'day, introduce yourself. I've talked for like two minutes straight.
1: Yeah. Uh, hello. My name my name is Tom, and then this is like the first first like um, GW game that I've seriously gotten into. I played um a bunch of like 7th edition Warhammer Fantasy like just like at, at the store level and then played a very tiny amount of 40k at like fifth edition this is like 10 years ago at this point and then never really got into like the super like traveling competitive size for those games but and then i moved and then there was a local store near me that played a lot of uh war machine uh, war machine hordes got into that and then played very heavily, like, for, for, like, about seven to eight years, just straight, just War, War Machine hordes.
0: Well, I saw you. You you played in the in, in, in international teams, if, if I'm not mistaken. You either did really well or you won, what, LVO and different things for War Machine. Um, so you've got, like, a really good competitive background for War Machine, but you've mm. also started making your mark. And I don't know much. I've watched some bat reps from, like, um, mini wargaming. I don't know if mini wargaming, um, how good they are in comparison of bat reps. I watched like a uh, wargamer girl. There's some really interesting bat reps. I don't know, really know what I was watching, but I do own one war machine or horde model. Uh, the bathing Blight, the bathed blight, the blighted oh. bather. Sorry. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: that's an, but I was going to use it for my daughters of Cain. She's, um, like this elf girl that's in like a cauldron of blood. Uh, and I was gonna put her in my cauldron of blood having a really nice bath that that um, that's that's all I know I all I know so I'm very curious
1: yeah there's some they have some nice models, but overall I think the 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 GW models are like much nicer to look at. That's like one of the first thing and you notice when you go from playing war machine to AOS it just the modeling side is is not like very comparable like you see you see a lot of beautiful dioramas or or people's display boards and then like just models painted to a very nice like very uh high level in aos there's some nicely painted stuff in in war machine as well but it's not you're not super incentivized to paint paint like like
0: and by yeah. the way, we're not going to be rubbishing on either side. Like I'm not here to talk about and get on my little high horse on how, you know, Warhammer is amazing. Like if, if Tom says things like that, good on him, but I'm not here to say, like, I'm looking at this and, you know, you know, there's a metal model. I don't know if that's, this was an event model, I believe. So yeah. um, I don't know how that compares with just your generic kits. Um, but I'm really interested, not just on the models, but the gaming, like I saw some really interesting things and um, it's very, very different world for us, but I want to kind of understand a little bit, like, you know, give me the elevator pitch, you know, because there's going to be a lot of people who are watching this and they have no experience to War Machine or Hordes or Warmer Hordes. You know, is it just mashing the two, like, Age of Sigmar and 40K together? Or is it, you know, like, what's the what's the dealio? What's the... Tell me, like, very high level what, what War Machine's all about.
1: Um, from a very simple level, it's just build to play at a competitive level like when i like first started like people are like using the clock and then you, you learn to do some time management stuff and then you from the from the start you're trying to be a competitive play or it might be that that might just be my story but that's what i from my learning experience is just people really want to win and then you do what you can to try to come up with like good lists and good play and then you learn all the stuff that come with along, with along with it like like a lot of precision measurement you try to make sure you um uh, give people time to respond with their like things and then just just stuff like that i would say just like it's very focused on the competitive aspect maybe a little too much but that's what i would say the the thing about one machine and Horde is it's very the rules are very well written for that and then there's like a lot of advantages to playing it that way but it can be very daunting to get, get into it.
0: So it's very, so it is a very competitive focus game. So you're not playing narratives and stories to explore the, the realms of war machine or hordes.
1: It's there, there are some, but I would say from my experience, it's mostly just a competitive game.
0: Yeah. Cool. And yeah. you know, like if we were, if we were to play, and I came to the store, how many, like, what's the average size, I guess, models, table size, uh, time that we would allocate to play the game, you know, really give me that experience of like what 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 it's like. Uh,
1: going to a store, I would say you expect about around like two to two and a half hours for like a game, and then people would normally have like clocks where each side would get an hour, and then you would get you have like thirty minutes to talk about like here's what mo- uh, models I brought, and then like normally people will have two different lists, and then my practice for like i would drop this and then you drop this and you play it out and then yeah like that basically
0: and is the board size the traditional six by four is it more of the size what we're playing on now which is that 44 to 60 kind of uh like how is it is it smaller is it bigger like what's the what's the table size
1: um this this is I haven't played in a while. but I, I want to say it's a. Is it bigger or smaller? It's, it's smaller than the AOS table. Yeah.
0: Okay. So is it probably more of like a Warcry size, or maybe a bit bigger than Warcry?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, Yeah, similar, but yeah. And then you set up the table, and then you you play, and then yeah.
0: Cool. No, I'm just trying to paint the picture for someone who hasn't actually seen or played or checked out a bat rep. Um, you know, and and you know, you said some interesting things that I want to unpack a little bit later. And you know, I call out Matthew saying that you know you were one of the best and gracious players for both Age of Sigma and War Machine. So I don't know how much you paid Matthew uh, or <laughs> or you know, good friend, but it sounds like yeah. I got a great person. Everyone everyone who heard that I was doing this interview was very interested and you know said nothing but praise um, to you. But I noticed when I was watching some of those battle reports, um, there was a couple of things that I noticed. One the terrain was either um you had two two-dimensional terrain or you had three-dimensional so there was a bit of a mix I saw houses and I was like a dog dog went into attack and went through the house or I don't know if I had to measure around it for the for the battle report they just kind of speeded it up um it it seemed a bit like 40k where there was less maybe models on the table I didn't feel like there was hordes it was more I don't know. Like, I didn't see too many big monsters, but at the same time, it wasn't like, you know, 40 goblins, 60 goblins, these blocks. Like, it was this kind of middle ground. I don't know if that's just happened to be the battle reports that I picked or that's kind of consistent in the meta.
1: Uh, I would say it's a mix. You have, like, an average list have around, like, maybe two to three, like, 10 man units. You have some. What they call it as uh, solos or just like powerful characters or just like uh what they have what they call war jacks or just like big big robots or war beasts yeah i, su- like... I saw i
0: saw some of those war
1: jack things yeah um yeah yeah they have th- those and then i would say just like a mix between a skirmish and like an army game yeah yeah
0: i didn't i didn't feel like it was huge like warhammer fantasy battles i didn't mm-hmm. feel it was like 40k where it's like you know lots of dreadnoughts yeah. and tanks and you know yeah. really big i didn't it's see a, like Nagashes. Neg- i didn't see these like yeah. larger than life heroes yeah, um it's a good mix but it also but it also yeah. wasn't like as small as war cry it was like this weird middle
1: ground yeah yeah it's a good good mix and then terrain where it, it had like a shift or before i would say like in sec mark ii or war machine there was like mostly just like like where you see like those still the 3D, 3d terrains but then like as it progressed to mark 3 where the, the demand i would say for precision measuring has gone up so people started making like two-dimension terrain because the the issue where people had in the three-dimension terrain was just like models would like fall over and then like you couldn't like really accurately measure like how like i was I charge seven inches and then you have the tr- tr- bend your tape measure to like go 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 down and that way where but but playing with a two dimension turn really lets you like put down like a measuring stick like here's seven I, and then you charge as far and you just like I would say you definitely lose some aspect of the draw of playing a minis game because you don't see these like like awesome like cool buildings and stuff, but like it's like the price they paid for like having really clean measuring.
0: Two things. First off, I'm being told, uh, is it ticum, um saying it's a four by four for war machines? Is the, is the table that size? Right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm more just painting the picture for someone who doesn't know what war machine. Is it big? Is it small? Is it tiny? And then Crafter Theo mentioning that it's about approximately 500 points of Age of Sigmar. But some models, um, armies have lots of models, some don't. And again, yeah. it's just for me to paint the picture. Obviously, it's not exactly that comparison. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because Aegis Sigma, you're right. You know, when I when I hear about War Machine and hordes and Warmer hordes, um, and I hear about precision measuring, you know, it's very very tight, uh, almost to the point of chest. You know, it's very very niche kind of movement, and AOC, AOS is very laxed with that movement, and it's pro and a con, right? You know, we are very relaxed. You know, we will we will take the extra half an inch. We will not move appropriately. And we could go down precision movement, but how long would the game go if we did apply the same type of principles of having to pile in, measure the exact pile in for each and every model? Um, and I know one of the things that we were talking about offline that I want to talk about later is the interactivity that Age of Sigma has while... It seems like War Machine is certainly that you go, I go. When you go, there's not a lot of interactivity. Even I think, correct me if I'm wrong, there's no armor saves. There's like a hit and the wound roll, or oh, there's yep. like a save roll, like I, 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 there's, I, there's a toughness a, roll
1: or something. Or so there's you mark. Um, there's a hit, and then there's like damage, and then you, and then if you have multiple wounds, the so whoever got damaged would mark the da- wounds, and then some infantry models would have like a, a like a war save basically. On the five plus, they 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 don't die, but then like they they fall, they they get knocked down.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I was watching the like the dice tray. I think it was like Wargamer Girl, and um, like she, like they were rolling dice, and I reckon there was less than ten dice being rolled in every interaction. Which yeah. was really odd. Like it was just like using these massive, like almost, almost like 20, 20 millimeter dice. Yeah. They were massive, but you know, like I'm, you know, you and I both play Doors of Kane, right? We're rolling hordes of dice. Like this, that just didn't seem to happen.
1: No, let um, I would say like if you completely trust your opponent, and then you're playing like, let's say I used to play crick, so just primarily infantry models. Like on your opponent's turn, you. Really didn't have to be there. Almost like there's nothing besides thinking about what you could do, and then like, well, like, and then besides that, there's really nothing else. Like, you you can think about your ne- your next turn, but you don't really have to be on the table for to do that sometimes. And then you you can just do something like I, w- I would like normally to look at my phone, <laughs> play do some play some phone games. But yeah, there's not much you have to keep track of if you just trust your opponent really.
0: Right okay so because because I guess you know Age of Sigma 3 especially uh, and I wanted I want to find out from you how you kind of crossed the line is there is now probably third edition even more so you've got the interactivity so not just the priority role of just trying to work out you know do I be offensive or defensive um, I've got a plan for both but you know even now you know am I what's my heroic action in the, at the start of my hero phase? Um, what am I doing for, you know, do I do rally? Do I do a redeploy? Do I do all that attack, all that defense? You know, am I, you know, what am I doing in my army that's happening in your turn? And and I think that's probably one of the challenges that i found with the idea of chess clocks in Age of Sigma is at what time do you hit the chess clock? When I do like Warhammer Fantasy, right? I play Warhammer Fantasy and it's very much in my turn. It is really my turn. There's not a lot that you do in my turn that allows me to apply my strategy and I can hit the clock, start, hit the clock. It's finished. So yeah, that's just for me. Like just some of the observations I've noticed.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say it's true because like, especially redeploy, it gets really awkward The chess clock. Like that, like things are all around, like your opponent's armies on objectives and then you start moving to Contest them or like try to set up for charges. If you for on the chess clock, you will have to move your thing, tap it over, and then they will have to tap it over if they don't want to redeploy. And they just you just have to remember to t- switch back. Like I don't know, depending on whose time it is, and that was already a problem of people forgetting to tap their clock back in War Machine. Like even just for like, there's not even that many things you have to switch your clock over on your Pelinser, and people and it was still like sometimes issues. And even in like games played play by people that have played the game a lot. So it, it, it would definitely be a problem in AOS. <laughs> so just like- Oh, I, I, like- I,
0: do, I, I do want to ask you about that because mm. um, there's a couple of things, you know, first the double list format. And I, yes. I heard from tournaments or maybe it was somebody else t- talking that when you go to tournaments, you often have multiple lists and then the opponent- picks the list that you will, so we, we we get to choose between the two, but it's not me choosing um, what list I face against Tom, but rather Tom gets to choose my list and equally I get to choose Tom's list, which is that, that is that, that's a common thing, right?
1: Uh, well, it's or not. It's more like we show, we show up the table, you have your two lists and then, yep. and then I have my two lists and then we would like look at them. We will look at each other's list and then, and then we would think, and then, we would both put down a list that we will play on the table and then we like reveal them simultaneously that and then that. i
0: imagine you you turned your camera off to to show me the secrets of your list so you didn't want to show you want to like a bit of a secret reveal
1: <laughs> no it's, it says my browser's lost connection to the camera
0: all, all good, all good. I yeah. think, I, I think for me, it was, it's very interesting just to look at some of the meta, looking at some of the models, looking at the way the game played. It was interactivity. It doesn't look like a bad game. I, I hear there's some, some challenges right now, and I'm noticing a lot of war Age of Sigma players are crossing over. No, sorry, War Machine players are crossing over. So I think we've just lost Tom for a second. He'll be back in a minute. That you know, I'll, I'll bring up a photo. Actually, here's a, here's a picture of, um, of. Of Tom playing playing War Machine, and you look at it; it's it's truly fascinating. Like when you look at that, uh, it it doesn't look doesn't look too much unfamiliar of what we would play. You know, it's probably a little bit denser. Sorry, sorry, it's lighter on terrain. Um, it does look thematical, which I think is really fascinating. It looks like a big skirmish, at least in the middle of the board. Um, I, and again, this was this was 2015, so I don't know if this was kind of Mark One or Mark Two. Here he comes, he's he's, he's back. Tom's back, he's coming back in a second, but anyway. Um, yeah, like it's, it's fascinating to see what this all looks like and just how our games are different. I think ultimately, um, we do have different games and what we learn and what we pick up from each other. Um, here we go, there's a winning picture. I'll add him back to the stream. Hello, Tom, can you hear us?
1: Yes, hello, can all you right.
0: Yeah, all, no, we lost him again. It's all good. The things of the live stream. So I can see Raymond was talking, Ramon Raymond was saying that he was bugging, um, but he's bugging about chess clocks. And I think chess clocks are fascinating when we think about Age of sigma, especially because of that interactivity and especially because, when do you apply the chess clock? When don't you apply the chess clock? Do I hit the chess clock during armor saves? Do I do it during each of the thinking phases and things like that? So, um, absolutely fascinating. Theo's mentioning is it uh, is kill the caster easy to win? I remember the low the curveball hella brutal for beginners. I feel I, I, I did hear that. I did hear a lot about the fact that with um, with war machine especially because that community. Has got. I want to say in, insular is not the right word. Like it's become, it's evolved over time over the three generations. I think it calls Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three, which is just addition one, addition two, and addition three. But you know, you, you've got that refined skill and refined knowledge as you're building up your war machine. I think. I think one of the things that I've heard at least is the barrier to entry into war machine is a little bit harder because of that skill level and because of that competitiveness. Just making sure. But if, I, I could see a few people here talking about. All right. Tom, are you back?
1: Yeah, I don't know why my camera's not off. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. We're all good. Everyone can hear you now. We're all good. Oh, we've lost him again. What's going on? Um I don't know what's going on with Tom. What else have we got in the chat? Uh hands down, one of the most technically difficult to deal with out of my opponents. And I think that's kind of what I want to hear from from Tom in a minute when he when he jumps back up. Um when he jumps on, I'm just going to. Um, when Tom comes in, like, I think one of the things that I'm really interested to hear from Tom when he when he pops back in is the fact that he's been able to pick up Age of Sigma so quickly despite the changes and the differences in the game. And how is it from his technical thinking of precision and just analytical mind? And it sounds a lot like War Machine has a bit more of that Magic the Gathering style of analytical planning and I think that can be really good especially because of that you go I go mentality but equally because well first the the challenge of well I can't plan I can't plan um, too far ahead because if I lose that priority role if something happens from that interactivity well then how do I how do I handle that and you know my I've gotten too far ahead of myself which is One of the challenges at least coming from warhammer fantasy as well because you don't have the you go i go you go i go and he's back
1: i think there's a chrome issue i'd have to switch browsers for that
0: we're back we're all good i was just talking a little bit about some of the challenges and some of the differences of jumping between um a game that is you go i go you go i go and obviously having chess clocks and things like that to one that's more dynamic so you know, and, and uh, I think it was Ramon mentioning that you know you're hands down one of the most tactically, uh, you know, tactically to difficult difficult to deal with, um, out of all of his opponents. And I think you guys recently played at one of the Warhammer Opens.
1: Yeah, we play in the finals of, or not the finals. We play in the the four four bracket in the the last game in So in the SoCal Open, which was I think a month a month ago at this point. Yeah. All right, now
0: that you're back, let's get into the meat and potato. So, what drew you to Age of Sigma? What what made you finally cross the line from War Machine into Age of Sigma?
1: So that's a it's a pretty funny story. So there was pandemic from twenty the the past two years, and then
0: oh, which one was that? I didn't notice that. By the way, James Morehouse, I'm going to call him out because he's yeah. not only an awesome Australian dude who um, you might know because I know uh, you yeah. lived in Australia for a little bit. Uh, and obviously you both probably played war machine at the same time
1: yeah yeah he's a he's an awesome guy we play we played a couple of times in the war machine like once in seattle and then once over in cancon which is which is awesome but yeah there was um the pandemic two years and then before that i played in the the last war machine tournament i played was actually in cancon it was like in 2019 yeah and then there i i was three and and i lost the last round to not quite just barely not make it into the top four and then it came back there was a pandemic so i haven't i didn't really do any like minis gaming for the like past two years and then just doing playing video games and then like in the last or, or earlier this year when then aos 3 is about to drop and then lo- friends or local friends were like hey we're all going to start playing this are you like interested because at that point there wasn't really much of a act like a big uh what's it called a war machine meta in where i was living and then i didn't and then there was like choices i could go either play 40k k know or like aos or there's some or some other game uh marvel crisis protocol there was, a, was some decent following in this in my area so it was like choosing between but then like these friends that I haven't like really connected with after moving back to California wanted to play wanted to play AOS. So I figured I'd like, give it a go. And then which was pretty funny because uh, I then started picking factions as and then they told me to just pick something you like because I you, it usually works out better for me that way to, to not get like at the beginning anyways, to not get pick something based on power level. Because at the beginning you're not very good at the game, so even let's say I picked the most powerful faction in the beginning it I wouldn't I would probably still have lost a couple of games and then m- maybe get like a very like disgruntled feeling like maybe it's try to blame like the fall is it the faction or me so I I look on the the GW site and i look around and it's like I really like how Olander looks and then like the black coach looks really cool so the first thing I pl- picked for our AOS third edition league was was Night Hunt
0: and, and then uh, and then and then you found I was, I didn't actually I didn't actually know that Nighthaunt Hunt was your first first army yeah, uh, yeah quick quick one from Little Marathi. When did you start playing I, I I've only really uh, noticed
1: really your scores over the last three months uh, That's that's when I started playing August Yeah yeah uh th- we played a bit of Night Hunt and just like we we started playing like on Sundays every week and then played some Night Hunt had some decent games where like my friend plays the plays Sylvaneth, and then the friend that I, like played a long time is playing Hidden Knights. So we we were just kind of doing that. And then there's another the friend we play at the house played like Magikins. So we were just playing amongst ourselves and it was like it was pretty I I would say I really enjoyed the 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 interaction part of AOS where it's like I I try to where some war machine habit that that like didn't work down in AOS is like I move things here to like get ready to charge and then they will like redeploy away. I was like, uh, oh. and then, that's that's not gonna work out well. And then just like and then stuff like that to try to get adjusted to it. Right? And then stuff like trying to just kill models just because it's convenient to kill, but doesn't really serve a purpose in AOS or like like it doesn't really help me score battle tactics, not even in, in a zone. So it just like we just I just wanted to kill them
0: because war machine has a lot of killing first as a priority right it's about it's
1: like attritioning basically like in war machine because there's not like a set amount at least when i play there's not like a set amount of turns it goes to so if you just eventually ground it out your opponent you will just win or that's just not true in aos because you're only playing five turns or sometimes less if if you're playing a lot if you're it's playing slow. So you, you need to win in five turns in AOS, whereas War Machine, you can just kill stuff until eventually there's nothing left, and then you win. Because
0: I've, I've heard that. I've heard that from a competitive sense and that there's a lot of building to kill in turn one, turn two, table as quick as possible. Um, oh, yeah. And then that's the victory condition, while Age of Sigma, yes, you know, while killing your opponent makes it harder, if you keep racking up those victory points and you're still able to score off your battle tactics and, you know, you've still got cards to play, even if you've got a small amount of models, you are not completely out of the game while, as you mentioned, through the attrition, it becomes just too hard to come back. Obviously, there's still Hail Mary's, but it's just uh, very focused on kill, 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 dominate the board. And it it looked like a skirmish in the middle where A to Sigma kind of seems to play a little bit more around the table. Just, just that's, that's at least my observation.
1: Yeah. AOS is more, you have to really figure out how you're going to win because in War Machine, if you just play the game and then just like make good decisions based on killing models and not like staying alive and then just like trading optimally will well generally win you most of your games. Or that just or it works in AOS to some extent, but that just that can't that doesn't always work in AOS. Whereas there was a game I remember in the Michigan GT where I I killed and killed my opponent's in a gash on like the very first turn, but then on the in the round three our battle points was actually even.
0: <laughs> and that's and that's it, right? Like you know, yeah. you can lose a bunch of models and yeah. it can still Like, even like, you know, there's been plenty of times where I've been playing a game where I've lost over half my army. It might be still three quarters of my army, but you still win off battle tactics and victory conditions because you've been able to find ways to score those points. Even though you've got less models on the table, you're racking them up. Or as you've said, you're redeploying, you're denying your opponent from scoring theirs.
1: Yes. Well, I usually have a pretty good sense, just like, like I would say instinctually, like, like who's winning in like a War Machine game it's like h- kind of hard to tell sometimes in the AOS games or like where I could be just down like nothing left right and then but the, my score is I scored a lot of points previously that would that would probably still carry me to a victory if I just do like some couple of things here and there like maybe like uh Savage Sphere had to like score points on my opponent's side of the table and then just tried to like barely eke out that objective so I tie up stuff like that
0: so what are the what are the commonalities and what was similar? You crossed the line and you you painted your night haunt and spoiler alert, you're now playing Daughters of Cain. Um, so you still you are you've now you found yourself in a top ten top meta army, which is which is good. Um, but what was the common things? What was the things that were easy to jump over because of the War Machine experience?
1: Uh, the easy things were just things I can pick up like um, pick up quite fast or just like, it's still like a minis game fundamentally. So like movement is still like a very fundamental skill you need to have. And then there's some, even though the dice math math is very different between the two games, but you still kind of get like a sense of like, hey, I'm doing this many attacks into this thing which has this save and I hit on this. Like I can still do some of those numbers quite easily because just like you're used to doing thinking about stuff like that even in you know, war machine and then like you just have to switch the variables in in aos um and then just like moving models is obviously just like this thing you have to know in in either game even though it's like it's very precise precise and tight in war machine and then like it's like you said it's kind of like you can generally just move to like an area and then like you both agree agree upon like hey this is island nine is is it contesting just like it's still like good like feel i can still get the good feel for the game like just based on like experience of playing minis games what about building your army like is it very similar with you know
0: you have a bunch of troops and you have maybe a hero that can synergize with the troops and they've got abilities that make them better um you know is it you know you got things like fast cavalry and things that can come in from reserve and be summoned i know one of the battle reports i was watching um for i think for every one one model that that unit killed they got to spawn another model so they, the kind of the unit kind of grew so is there those types kind of, same type of things you know do you have big monsters to draw from from like at least construction point of view uh
1: i would say that kind of like led me to like a like a, I wouldn't say incorrect but just like different whereas before I would just very like a very first thing that draws me into like building a- AOS list is like just putting models with like the best stats to killing models in a list where that's kind of like the trend in War Machine You're just like all right this thing like in AOS for example it would just be like something that would like hit on like twos one on twos like these very like high number killy things but then I might not have do other things very well so I'm initially very attracted to those kind of things. So like, you're looking at stat lines, like pure yeah. just
0: like hit, wound, rend and yeah. you know, save type of characteristics you would be drawn upon right. They're yeah. the most killy things, they're the most consistent. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna add them in my list.
1: Yeah, it was like for example, it was just like looking at like some synergies like like but like melee snakes, right? Or blood blood sisters. Because I thought like, oh they have They have three attacks each Then they hit on threes, one on threes, run one, one damage. And then if Marathi or Shadow Queen's in combat within 18 inches, they get an additional attack. And then at the end of the combat, for every model that's alive in my unit, I roll a three plus, they do more. It just seems like a lot of like damage potential from that one unit. So like, originally I thought like, oh, this, this just sounds kind of like insane, basically. Like, and then you can And then what happened?
0: And then did did that change at all as you got some experience?
1: and then what happened was um play some games where it's just like all right I moved to like an area where I tried to like do like a charge but then like my opponent would like redeploy away and then like they would like so like the thing I want to attack moved away and then they could like flank me with like other things and then this melee snakes are not like the most like resilient unit they only have like a five up save and then they have like a six or so Like those same kind of things will happen we're just like oh it like things will just start like oh does that work out like how i wanted it to and then the
0: math the math math thing that what we call maths hammer it doesn't always play out you know you think of the the range potential like oh if i get all these models into combat they're going to do x amount of damage if i calculate it but when it actually hits the table it doesn't always play out
1: yeah i would say especially like melee units because of redeployment like so it's you have to like really have a plan to deliver something like that into something you need to for them to hit which which brings up like something like the fast cavalry whereas like those kind of units initially was just like in my head was like why would I ever take them they're like they don't seem very good at killing things there's like some stuff like I would say like the shadow stalkers. like it's a perfect example of, you know like you look at their stats they're like okay they, they're really mobile they can reposition and then they're they're hard to get rid of because of the minus one to hit things but then they don't do much damage so just and then like something like Doomfire Warlocks also like they move 14 they can cast some spells they get a plus one to unbind stuff but they, they don't kill a lot of things but then like as you as I started to play more and more those things become very valuable because like you throw them into in front of something now they have to like find a way to deal with them and then you can put stuff you actually want to deliver behind them. So that that was like a very would like say a very cool thing for me to like figure out in a game it's like, oh yeah, this, this is this is nice to so like get to deliver your like beast sticks, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think if you look at the statistics of any model, I think you start to realize that you know you can't just win on killing. You no. can't just um you know, like maths doesn't always play out and every best plan. And I want to, I, I want to find out a bit more about that first redeploy of yours is you probably had this perfect strategy. I'm going to do this thing that's going to lead me to this thing that I'm going to charge here. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to catapult onto something else. And the moment they do that first redeploy, cause you banked that battle tactic or whatever it might be. You're like, oh, what do I do now? By the way, um, Crane, uh, Crane Jewelist, thank you very much for for the donation, much appreciated. Um, but can, yeah, tell me about the first redeploy, like that first that first experience where you're like, what?
1: Yeah, it was um, uh, it was on it was playing play Nighthound against Heathenites and then trying to kill a Keeper of Secrets, and then like, because it's not very like it's not like a very tanky model, and then it could do damage but then I have like these like cool setups to try to get to it right so I move my black coach to be like like around like f- five inches away I thought I thought I thought cool move my black coach there and then I would and I can move my uh blade gas revenue and follow it up and I have two things to charge it and then he my opponent redeploys the keeper away and then now now my black coach is like stuck in like a place with nothing really to charge around it and because it's like there and it can't possibly move out of the way on my turn, now I have these other things that has to move to where it, where it to charge other things. And now it can't move there. So it's just like, well, now that now I have to like, I have to like readjust my plans to like move around it. So one from like, one from like kill a keeper, get pretty good board positioning, to now just a bunch of things stuck behind my own models.
0: So how did you go from having – because I think this is one challenge that a lot of players, especially the newer players, when they start getting into this game, they have a really good offensive plan, but most people don't have a good defensive plan. They overstretch themselves on the table. They never think about what happens if I lose the priority role what happens if my opponent, as you said, you know, I pick Slay the Warlord and I'm going to go kill your General. I set up the perfect charge and then, you know, just before you go for the charge, I do the redeploy and, you know, I I, I don't have the range or I don't have the CP to kind of reroll whatever happens, right? Most people struggle to think and have a defensive and offensive plan and when you come from, say, um, one of fantasy battles like I did, you have to think differently because it's not that you go, I go. So I guess I want to know from you how did you adapt to that? How do you think about having a defensive or offensive plan, or how do you plan for things that might fail?
1: Uh so one of the things I would say I do pretty well from a coming also coming from War Machine. It just I played basically all the armies in War War Machine and the Hordes. Which make, gives me a perspective of trying to think what would they do in if, if, if the position was a flip, like if I'm playing against the army, I'm, like if, if I'm playing against myself, or like if the position was switched, what would I do? So it lets me, in that sense, it gives me like, uh, makes me, what's it called? It, it lets me p- position in a way to make it difficult for, me, for the opponent to do what they want to do. Now in AOS, I'm trying to slowly work, build, build like a database in my head to try to do that like all right say like I'm playing daughters into uh let's say Deepkin, like what what do the dollar player not like and then like I uh, need to put out these like individual annoying models so they can't like hero face shoot me like stuff like that It just you have to really think about what your what your opponent wants to do in the turn and then make it difficult for them like and then you build your game plan from there like you i think i find that pretty effective because at the end of the day I, but you both are trying to score five battle tactics and then uh, making sure the easy one the one that involves killing your models difficult for your opponents to score it can probably lead to the most victories like how do i protect my battle line units how do i make sure my monster doesn't die like and then how do i make my general like annoying to kill like stuff like that i would say
0: I think it's a good a good question to ask. Like, what would my opponent do if no. my opponent won the priority role? What would they do here if they wanted to charge my 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 shooty snakes? My yeah. uh, you know, my wizard, my my buff wagon, chariot, whatever, whatever models I have in my army, my hurricane or whatever, yeah. could they get to my hurricane? What would they use if they wanted to pull down my hurricane, which is you know a, a key support piece in my cities? How could they do it? You know, are there gaps in my deployment? Are there spots where um, they could get me? And what could I do to protect it? You know, would, um, you know, do I have some chaff or some screens? Can I wrap it up on the table? You know, is there things that, you know, when I deploy, if I, and I, and I did a video early, earlier this year, and I'd said, you know, some of the questions you want to ask your opponent, like what's your threat range and things like that. And often, you know, I might have 12 inches to deploy on the table, but sometimes the best decision is not to deploy on the line and then just run up the board. It could be to deploy on four inches or five inches from the back so that if they went first, they couldn't charge you in turn one. Their, um, their shooting units are out of range turn one. So you deny them one of those options.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the one that they find really cool about AOS compared to War Machine. It's just like deployment, actually. Because the board is a lot bigger in the AOS, and then, like, depending on the missions, you have a bunch of areas to deploy in. So, so, it's not, you don't get very similar deployments in most games, actually. And then you like some games, you would, like make a very bubble wrap around things, and then you try to go second. So, you make sure their stuff can't really get to the, like, in Dollar's case, can't get to your bow snakes. And then they, they will get stuck on your Marathi. And then they'll get stuck in my case, they'll get stuck on the eels, and then and then you can counterpunch that way. Like where's the thing like going second in AOS is pretty powerful, I find, which is another thing compared to um war machine. Like the going first, since you go, I go, like going first is just so very powerful because you, you get the alpha them and then they you get to hit them with 100 percent of your stuff and then they come back with 70 percent of theirs and then you you always normally get to hit your opponent with more of your army than they, than they uh attack you backward and then you can build you can build armies specifically to like capitalize on that like like everything in my army has a really long threat range but they're all really squishy but then but if you just kill enough of their stuff it doesn't really matter you know, which in ALS, it's really hard for that to happen because, like,
0: unless you're Lumineth. it's like lol, Sentinels, and yeah. that's it. But outside yeah. of Sentinels, or maybe Long Strikes,
1: yeah,
0: or you know, I, I Jaws now, obviously, coming in and they can do some good stuff. And they want to go for the alpha, they want to yeah. go up to the, the front of the board, yeah. But you're right, it's interesting, you know, a lot of people will want to go second in the first battle round because they want to go maybe for, for, for the first double turn or they've got a lot of magic and you're out of range right now, so you want to take advantage. Like if you've only got five turns, you've only got five rounds of magic casting, so you want to make the most of those investments.
1: Yeah, and then like especially on some missions where you can set yourself in a way, especially like daughters, right? If you set up your bow snakes that they can shoot 24 inches into the, the six inches of the objective, then they either don't score that point or you always get value from your Marathi's command. So like stuff like that. But yeah, I find the being able to like deploying differently, like fundamentally altering like the outcome of a game really interesting.
0: And by the way, James, we're not happy, people aren't happy with the Luminef, not because of just the general state in the game. It's things like Sentinels because there is no, there is no counter to Sentinels. They've got the, the longest ranges in the game with 30 inches. They ignore line of sight. They do mortal wounds. So, you know, any, any like lookout serve bubbles and things like that don't affect them because they're just fishing for mortal wounds on a five plus. So, you know, that that's probably what people are upset about with lumineph you know and i think people want to play with their toys and if there is no counter to playing with the toys then you know that's that's when people start having a bad time it's not the yeah. it's not the archers drop the line of sight stuff from them like, like make them you know be impacted by terrain it's probably a different story
1: F- fingers crossed for the the winter rather i guess <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think yes. so.
0: But you know, from it, like you know, coming back to the original question, I mentioned, you know, what are the commonalities? So you know, you are still deployment is still key. Uh, movement is, you know, this game is always. I've been saying since day one, and so many, so so many people who are playing this game will tell you that this is a movement game, not a killie game um we, but then the differences are the fact that you know you're probably building more of an alpha or a bit of a d- do the most amount of damage in turn 1 in something like war machine versus age of sigmar is looking at a little bit more of a long term play um at least from your experience because of your you're incentivized to score the objective while in war machine you're incentivized to probably kill your opponent and take down those key pieces as soon as possible yeah yeah, is there any any other commonalities
1: you've noticed between the two? Um. This um. Besides that, there's there's not not really a lot because as because of the set turn orders in War Machine, you you gen, you generally have you can plan out like how things are gonna go after you like play play the game a lot. Whereas in AOS, you you kind of have an idea, but you can't really like know what's going to happen for sure like like i go and then they double me what's going to happen but and then there's like a lot more like variables in the aos game which so people to don't me... yeah sorry
0: other than just talk to me about your thinking pattern so like get me into the mindset of thomas when he played war machine so you, you built a force and you're thinking about power projection early on. You know, I want to do as much damage as early as possible so that my opponent can't hit me. By the way, how do I go first or so go second? Is it a dice roll off? It's a, is a, dice, it roll. a... It's a dice roll. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, after you both deploy, you roll a dice. Whoever rolls higher on that roll picks. Yeah.
0: And is deployment similar to like Age of Sigma? Like you go, I go. Can I drop is there battalions and things like that to reduce the amount of drops or is it how does that even work
1: no you just you just deploy everything and then like they deploy everything yeah
0: well we literally just rock up to the table and you put your toys down i put my toys down at the same time
1: and then we roll the dice or the or you roll the dice and then the whoever goes first deploy their things first and then you everything yeah everything
0: so how, how did that how did that change your perception of the game when you then came to Age of Sigma? It's like one toy, one toy, one toy, and then you know you can start counter deploying.
1: Um, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Like as I play the,
0: and James is telling, saying yeah. that it's before deployment. You know, it's been like it's been like two years. So you, do it, so you, do, so you do the so you yeah. do the dice roll to see yeah. who goes first, and yeah. then it's we drop
1: yeah um it's it's more interesting once you know what opponents models do in the os i would say <laughs> because like you're gonna ask questions but then like you don't really understand like unless they like they're like a shooty you know you don't really like understand their um what's it called them um, what they're gonna do be able to do in the game like especially playing night Hunt, they all kind of just go forward and then they try to melee <laughs> So and then, but as you learn the game more, you you start to understand what each units are good at. Then you can start counter deploying. Like like that's the heavy rend unit. I want to put like my chaff in front of that. Like that's the like that's the killy unit, and I want to put it in front of their stuff. I want really want to kill like stuff like that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of counter-deployment and a lot of strategy that goes into deployment. There's probably not enough talk about it. And I probably should do a bunch of videos. I really should um, around deployment because, you know, do you have the speed to get onto an objective and score early in turn one? If you need to get into the backboard, you know, which units are going to get there? Do you have reserves? Do you have magic? Do you have, uh, you know, how many turns would it take a model to get to the backfield if you need to score that home objective? Um, You know, if you are, if you see, you know, I don't know, like, Some hard hitting, you know, iron jaws unit, for example, you know, how do you, how do you deploy against gore grunters to make sure that they don't bash into your juicy stuff when they come at you turn one? You know, what's the gap between your chaff versus, and I, and you kind of learn this against KO, for example, when you play the carriage and overlords, when they drop down from the sky and that, you know, you've got to be outside of nine inches, a lot of their, a lot of their weapons might be like 12 inches to shoot. So then if you know they drop outside of nine and then you know you've got to create enough enough of I think it's like a six or an eight inch gap, all of a sudden you've denied three quarters of their shooting because you've pushed them out of range and they're only able to shoot at that chaff wall, not your juicy stuff. But there's a lot of counter deploying and a lot of that's where you know a lot of the game is won and lost in movement as well as deployment.
1: Yeah, which I find very like interesting. To like the AOS to just to play or versus like like thinking about it. I like, obviously I still think about different like what different lists do and then like different matches, but it's like nothing really compares to like playing out a matchup. More so in AOS than like in War Machine, I think. How
0: many how many games would you play at an event? Like, you know, you, you obviously did well at LVO. Um like would you play because we play three games traditionally we, we traditionally either have five or six games at a tournament we don't play 40k where it's like eight to nine games so you know we, we only do two days not three do you play three games or more at an event um uh,
1: yeah so normally people would pull uh people would play just like i think around like five to six rounds in a war machine tournaments but at least for me a day or over over the course of like two days basically like you will play like 64 people will play till there's a cut to the top eight of a masters for like a Sunday base that kind of thing um and then we they play till there's a clear winner in for me I usually just play in in one machine I play until I get my first loss like or unless that I know that I can no longer qualify for like the Sunday events, yeah.
0: And that, so, so then you would
1: you would, would, what, would drop, drop out. Yeah, I would drop and then just go do uh, other things at a at a tournament. Um, just because, um, at least when I, uh, for me personally, I, when I know that there's nothing really for me to do or like to possibly like a, achieve in like a tournament, I I quickly lose like interest. Of, to, like, at least compete in that tournament. To, and then at that point, I just go do something else that interests me.
0: Is that is Because I noticed that when I was at Adepticon in 2019, is that... Because it was six rounds, and I think a good 10 players dropped. So Adepticon was 240-odd players, or 220 players when we got playing... And um, after the first battle round, at least 20 players, I think it was about 10 tables worth of players had dropped between game one, game two. And that obviously came down to the fact that, well, I mean, one, when you're at a convention, there's lots of things you can do. And they obviously felt that by losing their first game, they ultimately couldn't win the tournament. So why bother continuing? I I don't know if that's the mentality. I didn't speak to those. I think
1: that's, that's I think that's mostly the that's that's the mentality, at least for, like at least for me, I can't like yeah. I can I can't speak to why people drop at like a tournament. There's like various reasons. Maybe you had like a really bad game, you just don't feel it anymore, and then like stuff like that, like, which is different in AOS because even I have lost like first round. I, like for example, I lost like the first round of the Old Town Throwdown too, but still felt like compelled to play played it out maybe it's have to do like the scoring system like you still could win some sort of a prize at the end
0: yeah yeah uh, i want to come back to prizes in a second but james i think i agree with james i think it, it, it might be an american thing um And I'm not saying all American tournaments, I'm not throwing, you know, shade at the entire of America, but I have played in England, I have played in, you know, Australia, I have played in America, and I haven't seen, obviously people drop, especially between day one, day two, when people have too much to drink and they don't want (laughs) to rock up back up to the tournament, but I did notice probably more drops that happen, especially because of the conventions and there's things to do while at least in the UK and Australia, majority of our events are not based around conventions, which means that you've traveled to a location and you're there specifically to play. So if you drop, what are you going to do? Go home? Like you might as well play on.
1: Yeah. Like it might be something about AOS. Like even, even when I have lost like rounds, I just, I still feel more like compelled to play. Maybe because it's just like it. Maybe because I started playing recently, so I find it more fun, and I try to want to just get as much games as possible. That could be that could be a reason. Is it is it the competitive mindset? Like if you know if War Machine has such
0: a heavily focused competitive mindset? Again, Sigma has it, but probably maybe maybe that's not the narrative of what most people come to an event for. I think in Age of Sigma probably. 10 to 20 percent of the field actually want to go to the tournament to win it majority of people just go out there to have a good time and to hopefully win more than they lose so at least that's their goal um but do you think it might be that competitive mindset it's kind of like you know we got to win and do i do i even get anything for winning like is it cash is it prizes is it just um bragging bragging rights uh
1: there's no cash but it's like a combination of the other things and then like most events in the, at least in the US uh, qualifies winning it qualifies you for like a invitational style event at the end of the year. So that's like the goal of most like competitive players to try to qualify to play to play in bigger, more like tough tournaments. I would say.
0: And then if you if you win that because we have the Masters like Australia, New yeah. Zealand, England has the Masters. Um... America, if you're in the, the West Coast or the East Coast, you've got the ITC ladder and you can see, you know, you know, Thomas is ranked second for Daughters of Cain and you can see, you know, where your team's performing and things like that. The Midwest has their own system and how they do things. Um, I don't know if the ITC kind of comes together. I know certainly for 40K, they do kind of, you know, those types of rewards and Magic the Gathering, you can go pro and you can make lots of money. 40K is starting to tap into that magic, um, incentive structure. I know even CanCon in Australia, um, if you win CanCon, which I, do, I think is about 200 300 players for 40k, one of the prizes is to actually go over to America for I think it's LVO. So yeah. that the incentive structures to win are probably higher in some other games. When I think of Age of Sigma, you get a trophy, you get a bit of clout, and you might get a start collecting box.
1: Yeah, And know. Or might just qualify you for something else, yeah, yeah. I think it's not. You... I think it's definitely just a mindset thing. Where it's like, like so much of it is put onto like winning. So when you can no longer, when you fit, can no longer possibly win, like if you still, if it's like a new list that you brought to a tournament, you might keep keep playing to just try it out, see like if it works out how you wanted it to. But yeah.
0: Because Dimit mentions, and I think
1: this is kind of what I've seen
0: in some other competitive scenes. It is in Age of Sigma. I'm not kind of like saying that it doesn't exist, but it's not as common. But DMIP mentioning that, you know, dropping in Magic the Gathering is common. Uh, a friend would drop once that he's lost because he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't win the event. So what was the point? And I think there's a matter of perspective and competitiveness and the grass is not always greener. And you do see that. And I think, you know, one of the things that I always found really interesting with magic, I don't know if you're a magic player, Thomas, but one of the things that I find really interesting is how quickly the meta adapts in magic. It's super dynamic. And that's good and bad, right? Because for Age of Sigma, if our meta moves as quickly, you know, I've got to build my models. I paint my models. A lot of people have attachments to their models. And that's why people fight so hard to play with their old hammer, Warhammer Fantasy yeah. super converted kits, because the minute that gets nerfed, that's just not a card in a sleeve that goes back in a deck. This yeah. is something I put in hours and hours and dollars and dollars into that um, I have a, a connection to. I don't know if that kind of is in in War Machine or not. And you know, you mentioned the level of hobby is probably a little bit higher in Age of Sigma versus War Machine. I don't
1: know. If you, do you have there an opinion is, on that? Yeah. There's definitely that where, at least, especially in minis games like, if like things like you said, if things moved wait move too fast, like then you start to like phase out a lot of the people. Like you said, because there's a lot of prep that goes into what's it called that goes that goes into preparing a list, like you to you know, buy paint and stuff like that. Like there's definitely you definitely get attached to it, even even if it's not like you're favorite model like but you spend so much time into this versus you click a button on the website and then now you have your deck right there's not much prep into it you you might have like shuffle it up played a couple games to your friend but that's about it yeah
0: so talk to me about the habits you had to break because i imagine the game is very different and probably there might be some war machine players who- war machine players who are looking at this video making you know I, I've seen a lot of players crossing over from warmer hordes and I, I, I think from what I've been told I'm not I'm I, I'm not from the community so you know don't it's not me saying it but I yeah. feel I, I've heard that the state of the game is a bit stale right now and there's some 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 stuff going on I don't know if it's the competitiveness or if it's the tournament scene and I'm not going to get into that but I'm more thinking about if someone is watching this going, I want to be like you, Thomas, you're my hero. Uh, I've got a photo of you above my bed head. I want to be like him and I want to cross the line into Age of Sigma. What were the things that you had to break in your mind or the way you used to play War Machine to get you to top 10, a whole bunch of events early on?
1: Uh, One thing for sure. Like, so in War Machine, you win the, you win, there's like, you win the game through scenario and the other one condition is you kill their, Warcaster or, or like a warlock like there, there's one model that if you kill you win the game so, oh. so it's like a linchpin
0: so it's a lynchpin like in, in war like, machine yeah. i've got one what well, is it like is it my general is it yeah. like just
1: it's like a general if you kill the gen opponents like general in in the war machine horse you win the game so i really enjoy doing that in war machine horse so I would, I would some i would build a list to just funnel as much power into that specific attacks onto their one piece. And if it kills it, the game is over. And then like those kind of strategies usually result in like games ending in like top of turn two. Sometimes if they move up too aggressively on turn one and you go second, you could kill them on the bottom one.
0: So that's why you project your power and you want to go first in war machine, because if you can project your power and take that linchpin, that warlock. Yeah. Get the game. The game is essentially is it is it a, is it over it's, or essentially
1: it's over. over? It's over, like it's like a chess. You kill that, you kill their general, it's done. Oh, so that's a habit. Or coming to AOS, like there's some really big models, like you kill like an Archeon, you kill like a Nagash, and then or uh, like similar, similar style models, right? The game. Could be seen as over, but it's you. You still play out because your opponent still has like uh, half of the army left, and then you probably committed a lot of resources to kill their like one big piece in this, and which could have exposed you to like their counter attack. And then like if they double you afterward, it could go really bad. So did you find? Did you find early on that you went for like the Nagashas
0: the Archaeons, the? the big centerpieces thinking that, you know, the linchpin, it
1: would be the same type of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I still do. And it doesn't usually, it doesn't end well sometimes. Like let's, if I, if I kill like a mock crusher and if you, and I feel really good, even though it might not have, even though if someone else looks at the game, it probably doesn't think that way. But in my head, when I kill like a big model, I feel like it's, like it's going really well for me. Even and though- has that
0: has that burnt you? Has that actually burnt you? Like, oh, cool! I've taken down that big monster, that I don't know, vampire lord on Terra Geistone, and like, cool, you know, I can kind of cruise to victory now. And then it kind of burns
1: you. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, can,
0: I, can, I can imagine that's a big trap. Like, you know, like, oh, cool, the key threat's gone. Yeah. I can just you know sc- rack up the victory points, and this this not this easy win, but you know, it's, it's not going to nearly be as as um yeah
1: yeah. Well, one example I will always remember. It's
0: mm-hmm. just like
1: in my first game at Old Town. It's like there's a Van Lord, and then this was back when Marathi's sh- rent, uh hard render, so rent one. I'm gonna charge. I'm gonna charge it. <laughs> and then I I is I even t- I cast Meridance to teleport her there to then charge it, and then I made the charge. But then later on, like reflecting back on it, that that just should not be a thing i should try to go for in any situation like that that that's definitely a thing was like before now i think about it if i go commit something to do to like charge something to charge like their big piece i need to think about like is it a if it works is it worth it and b should i even be going for something like that not just because it's like a big model
0: any anything else that you kind of had to break? Because I imagine that that that's that's huge, right? That's a yeah. big thing, you know. If I'm if, if all if my one goal is to in chess, you know, checkmate and kind of take down the king, you know, it doesn't matter how many pawns that I kill, you know, as long as my path to glory, I can get that king. Yeah. Age of Sigma, cool. I lost Marathi at the bottom of turn two. I can still win. There's been yeah. games where I've lost those key pieces, my Phoenix Guard, my like bow snakes, you know, whatever is in my army that I, you know, that is my killy, killy unit. And I lose it early for whatever reason, you can still win in Age of Sigma.
1: Yeah. Uh, another thing for me, at least, is just break, make sure to when I kill something is actually useful. Not just cause it's like, Hey, it's model, other position. I should kill it. Cause why not? Like that, that kind of thing is like, like does does killing this thing help me score a tactic is it like about like make sure that things I do actually like serve a purpose instead of just oh I picked up like 150 points and they can't kill my 150 points so and just like in terms of like attritioning like obviously you can still win games in os just by killing a lot of their models and then like getting good board position but I think it's more important that you reverse that to ch- try to achieve the good po- good board position but what do you need to do to do that basically
0: yeah yeah do you, so you obviously had to rethink of objective play and look mm. at this more of a long-term game and i think to to tell boys kind of you know this is kind of the thinking that i would you know have to you would be what that core skill that trait a new player would need to learn to improve you know you mentioned i'll, I'll let you think of the, your answer for a second I'll I'll call that something you mentioned earlier, and that was experience. Getting some experience and trying to find out what other opponents do, and trying to get a little bit because often, often I find players have the right idea, just the wrong time of execution. So just because you you had a certain plan today and it didn't work, well maybe you should have you shouldn't have used it against this particular opponent, but against another opponent it would have been perfectly fine. So um it's it's often about the micro decisions and the situation as opposed to my plan didn't work
1: yeah I would just say for like at least in AOS, so just trying like the goal of the game is to score two or more objectives than your opponent on every turn make sure you do your battle tactics and then preserve your grand strategy and then like if you think about what you need to do to do those just those things it makes the game a lot easier to think about like w- versus like trying to figure out this like six six feet by four feet board you only have to think about this like six inch area next to the objective like that that's the only thing that matters for we're to play what to play for and then whatever your grand strategy is like for me usually is hold the line so like make sure one model of any of your battle line unit lives to the end of the game Then you yes for the points like uh all the killing all the all the battle tactics requires to kill a model like maybe like try to like trim down some number of units of their battle lines do some number of wounds to their like general start working on a monster and then the next turn when you do go for those tactics it makes it a lot likely like it's a lot easier to kill like three witch elves than to kill ten Yes. Yes. Yeah, like that,
0: and I think that kind of comes back to what we were talking earlier about, like planning for the future, right? Yeah. If in if if I traditionally like to score, let's say broken ranks, broken yeah. ranks, I've got to kill a battle line unit to score my VP. If I start planning for that in turn one and turn two, I might do a couple of chip damage to it. And you know, like ten witch elves, for example, most people wouldn't spend uh, a command point to rally on a on a couple of witch elves. It's not a good investment of a command point. But chip a couple, a chip a couple. But come turn three, turn four. I'm not trying to kill ten witch elves. I'm trying to kill three or four. That's a much easier battle tactic to kill to do. Or, you know, if they do redeploy, cool, I can still shoot you because I'm not trying to shoot off 10, I'm trying to shoot off three or four. So I've always got that fail, that fallback and kind of fail safe to score that grand strategy or that battle tactic. Um, that's probably one big piece and just planning ahead and thinking about what can I do to, and I really like what you said around just thinking about my objective is not to kill my opponent, it is to score my five battle tactic points, which is my, in most scenarios it's you know one two or more on the objective it's the battle tactic and then preserve the grand strategy so no matter what I'm doing I've just got to do that
1: yeah just making sure whatever you do falls under one of those categories because like in the beginning of the games I would just do a lot what I would consider now a bunch of like random things so like like trying to get a good angle to charge on their like unit that's really hard to kill but there's none of the none of the three types above which is like a good thing also in list design like putting things in a list that's not a battle line a monster or a uh or or your general and then if you force your opponent to have to deal with it then it's good it's good for you because it doesn't really help them achieving what they need to do to win the game
0: which is why, like, you know, shadow stalkers, for example, in Daughters is such a good, you know, screen because, you know, if you kill my shadow stalkers, well, I mean, I'm sad, but I'm not no. giving away broken ranks. And that's where like I've been talking to a bunch of people and they've been getting some of the um the underworlds war bands, for example, and they're a really good screen because often they're not battle line. There's no conditions for battle line and they're cheap enough to screen. And if they if they stay on the table, awesome. If they die, who cares? That's not going into the juicy stuff, and you're making the victory conditions for your opponent just a whole lot harder.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, rank one was mentioning, and this was one of this was one of the things that I had heard was that the War Machine community has gotten smaller and smaller, and and the, the competitive scene seems to have just gotten insular because there's not a lot of new blood coming in. Was that kind of one of the reasons that got you to jump across the line as well? Just it became harder to get yeah. games.
1: Yeah, you know, just the area I moved into. Like, there's war machine games available to play, but it's like in very like far off locations. Like, whereas whereas in AOS, I can play in like game stores five minutes from me. So, yeah. and then another thing, just like like I want one of the big reasons to play these games is like the friends you make along the way. And then like all the friends that I used to play war machine with now play either AOS, Marvel. Or like just other things, so I'm more incentivized to do one of those activities, to just like spend time with my friends. Yeah, and and games workshops
0: always been good to bring in new blood. Like the the whole store, the whole store model. Like I've read the store, the store's manual not by a store, I actually found a copy of it online. And, you know, the whole model is about building up a new community, get people up to a level of, of being sufficient, and then like, let them go on their merry ways, because I'll go to their game stores, I'll set up clubs, but they're all a recruitment centre. A couple of things that I want to ask you kind of to wrap things up. And, you know, there's some really interesting things that I've, I've heard from you from going from War Machine to, um, to, to Age of Sigmar. And I think, you know, a lot of insights for anyone who might be, you know, looking to jump over and cross the line and play play Age of Sigma. There's a lot of commonality, much like jumping to 40K from Sigma. There's little differences, you know, the, when, when you do your magic versus in 40K, they have a psychic phase. And I think the psychic phase happens after movement and the way the decisions kind of work in 40K versus Sigma and the stratagems and all that stuff. We weren't going to the weeds. But overall, there's a lot of commonality, but there's a lot of things like a lot of, bad habits you've got to break because the old world i was i was looking at some um i was looking at some old photos of of age of sigma one when i very first came over because you know i played one of the fantasy battles since third edition you know rank and flank you know you wheel your wheel your army then move it forward and you know and i was looking at my first games of age of sigma and i had my troops on movement trays even though i had like you know, you could spread them out one inch for currency. I still kind of move them. It was really weird for me to move individual models, and and you look back and you go, "Why did I do it?" Like I've I've kind of learnt so much, and the way that you know what worked for you in one system doesn't always necessarily work in, in. And that's true of second edition, even for someone who's going from second ed age of sigma to third ed. What worked for you in the past doesn't necessarily work for you in the in the present. And that's a good thing because the game is constantly evolving and we're constantly loving learning new things
1: yeah it's just like when stuff comes out that doesn't even work for your faction but you still have to think about everything in your faction because there's new variables inserted into like the meta so like now, now you have because every book has a lot of different tools like you know wise to deal with uh different kinds of like problems but like i just some are more applicable in the current so whenever new things come out you have to like look go back and look at everything that you could take and see what what's good in this current situation
0: which is why you'll never see on my channel that i'll rubbish a a unit or a faction you know because right now faction a or model a is rubbish it's not doing really well but all it takes is a small shift in the meta you know we we stop playing in the gurish heartlands we uh, yeah. monster incentives aren't high they change in the winter FAQ save stacking or you know they they you know they, they make one change um or you know horde armies can now have 10 reinforcement points not four reinforcement points and all of a sudden the way that you look at the world is fundamentally different so so I think you know it's why like you know play your models have them put yeah. them on the shelf they can always come back you know don't don't worry about that yeah, but one thing I kind of really want to I want to ask you is, um, what do you think the Age of Sigma community now that you've kind of been in in our community for a few months now? And again, you know, you've done really well in the tournament scene. What's some of the things that maybe you'd like to bring over from the War Machine Warmer Hordes kind of community? The the two lists, for example, would that be a good thing? You know, I, I know you talked about chess clocks. Like, what is it that you've seen in the War Machine community and you've like, man, I wish Age of Sigma had
1: that uh i think there's some games or just some armies styles wise they require more time to play let's say like soul blightmares mares or any like death on death like we're just like that's gonna go to the time just because both the, the those kind of armies are usually very tough to deal with and they stick around a long, lot so maybe like sometimes you like you need better time management in those sense because you want games to finish like you like regardless of the result you want any any game in the tournament to go to like five turns so time management could use could use some improvements uh it wasn't actually that big of an issue from what I I have seen like I would say like 90 90 to 95 percent of games go pretty well like they finish on time so on but like there's some games where just like like I've walked past some games that are like, they call time and then they're still on like battle round three. So,
0: what do you why do you think that is? Is that because, um, you know, war machine players because of the competitive mindset they practice really hard and then they come to win, and they're tighter. Is it because of like like what what do you think is driving? Because because Jack agrees and I would agree with you as well. You know, there's been plenty of times where I've played, especially horde armies, and I think with with the introduction of um, heroic actions, uh, command abilities that can happen in my turn, you know, like I start moving and it's like, do you want to do a redeploy? Cause I don't want to go too far in the game. I want to give you the opportunity to do a redeploy, but I can't then wait five minutes for you to work out. Do I spend a CP? Do I have enough to, it do I want to do? If I do it, where am I going to move? And all of those micro decisions will add thirty minutes to an hour extra to the game. If you're not tight,
1: I think, I think for those situations, or it's like so. Game state always are gonna need, to like both of you needs to maintain it. Like, so you just need to like come to the game like have an understanding. It's like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do in these kind of situations. When I like when I move things here, like you want to redeploy, go ahead, and then I give you like like maybe like a. 15, 30 second pause in some cases where it was like a very tight situation. And then like and, and then I move on to move my next things. And then like if they, and then sometimes you still run into situations where like I move I move my stuff here and then they think, but they don't like indicate they're thinking. And then you move on to other things. They're so like, oh, I was thinking about redeploy. redeploying. Then just talk, then just communicate. Like that's really the key of it. It's just like, oh, I was thinking about redeploying this because of this and this. And it's like then you I would say uh, most of the time my response is like, yeah, just go ahead and do it. Like, yes, wins are good, but you're still trying to, at least the goal is to like make sure to play like under like, uh, what's it called? Try to help your opponent make like good decisions, like, and then you and then you try to play out from what like what they did, so. And then I I always try, I always try to like be really clear with my intent and let people
0: know in advance or like what I'm trying to do so that I'm like, look, I'm about to move this model. You know, do you want to redeploy? So as I'm kind of moving my model, it's not like I finish the unit and then kind of, or what I've had as well as, you know, I I start moving the second unit of models and like, Oh, I wanted to redeploy. It's like, well, you know, just having clear communication gets you good outcomes. And I find that all of my games are finishing on time but i think we we can do a better job to fasten up and hopefully as we get more comfortable with the new rule set we will get faster but it's the intention of being quick and 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 being clear on the decisions
1: yeah i would just also say like aos games are just takes longer to play because there's a lot of moving parts everything like if you play in all phases of the game, right, like like a dollar time, you, you cast your, you have generally three to four spells to cast and then they deny it. And then you have like things you do in the command phase with the, the double shoot or double fight command. You move things, There's they redeploy and then you shoot. And there's a lot of like parts to manage. And then I wouldn't say people are like playing slow. I would just say people like need need time to like adjust to like, to a tournament or like because like in a store right? in a store game it doesn't really matter how long a game takes in the AOS you're like you probably didn't plan to play two games a day in a store like like I get to a store at noon maybe I'll finish by like, like four or five and then that's like my whole afternoon like that's fine like that's cool right but then like in a in like a when you go to a tournament like other people's like need you to finish your game so the tournament yeah. can proceed forward but like, like nobody's doing anything malicious. It, they just—it doesn't cross their minds. Like, oh, I need to finish my games for so that the thing, the event can proceed forward. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's a mindset. It, it's yeah. I don't I I. Whenever I hear chess clock discussions happening in Sigma, I don't think the intention is always deliberate for people to slow play to victory. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen someone try to slow down a game in order to because they were up on victory points, but I was coming back. I've never seen that. I've never heard those stories. I think it's just the mindset of coming in and being very quick, being deliberate, knowing your rules. And if not having something like AOS reminders or having your books, yeah. or I've seen people have checklists, like, you know, these are the five things I need to do in this phase. And I'll just like, if I forget who cares, but at least if I do this, 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 you know, yeah.
1: it kind of keeps them on track. Yeah. And I, just, I think rule reference is another thing that takes a lot of time, but that the aos is a complicated aos is a complicated game and there's always going to be rules to reference because like some things are completely within some things you don't have to be completely within and this like some most rules have different triggering times even though for similar ability so you need to check like some of the beginning of the combat phase some of the during the combat phase some of you, like it's just a lot of rules that you have to, to to like know but that's a lot of things to know so people need to reference so you have a be- better like understanding so
0: and and Jack said as well, you know, Jack Jack from Rerolling once yeah. mentioning, you know, not everyone is a tournament player. And, you know, if we're talking about store games or we're playing at the club, like, you know, ignore what we've said. We're talking more from a competitive perspective.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it
0: does take time for you to get to that point. We're not saying that you're a bad person. But, you know, sometimes if this is your first tournament or you're not, you know, skilled up, uh, I think it was um, Ken mentioning, you know, casuals, you know, it, it can take like some armies like Luminous Realm Lords can take, like, an hour, yeah, half an hour, like... 90 minutes to do one hero phase between the spells and the abilities and, like, the bubbles and, like, you know, even just the way that they're kind of set up in their little cloud formation. They're going to move very, very specifically. Yeah. Um, like, maybe, maybe leave the 160 goblins at home for your first tournament. Maybe don't bring the super magic army and just kind of build that muscle over time as opposed to oh, I love really Lumineth. I'm going to bring in this, super, this is what this is the internet list that I saw on online. And then, and I'm going to run and it. You, and I don't have...
1: Yeah. You play a list with four wizard and tech list, and then you have a, a shrine to get free command, and you have to cast four spells from your units. You have to check, and then you check the range for all of them, and then you have to pick your four spell for tech. Like, like even for experienced people, that takes a long time. And then that's what them knowing what they want to do. But if you add to the time, they're like, oh, I have like this many spells let's see which one's good then then it then it goes forever yeah just like have you found the two list format like do you think
0: we should adopt something like the two list format um because i I, because i've been to tournaments where they've done two lists but i as the player get to choose which which list that i i I play i like the idea of my opponent choosing the list because i think it adds an interesting dance to the game
1: uh i haven't tried that but that, that sounds very like fun like try to go to one of those tournaments and try out uh i think two lists would definitely help but then some like some issue with two lists is like logistics because aos armies are often very large and then they have a lot of big models like generally in a two list, at least for me in the war machine i try to build armies that do completely completely different things like we're talking about lists with like almost zero percent crossover so just like like imagine, I don't know what the good faction of this. So you'd
0: so you pick two different factions. It's not like two yeah. different builds of your your. Uh,
1: army. It would so still be the it would still be the same faction, but it would just be like the One army is like a lot of melee recursion, and then my second list still the same faction, but it's a lot of shooting, and then like the magic and the deny. I was just thinking like luminate, right? Like you bring your techless spearmen uh what's it called uh what's it called uh sentinels list and then your other list is like uh maybe like wind spirits and then like maybe even like cows or something like that like models are like just you usually wouldn't play brain to a one list format but the, in two lists they opens up space like hey i'm playing against a fashion that cannot crack my uh what's it called my spirit of the mountains because they can't get through rent two ignoring rent mm. two so you pl- play bring this but there's just a lot more models you have to bring and then like stuff like like logistics would definitely be a thing especially in assist in a game system where people are not used to normally bringing like uh what's it called two too lists. like the trays would just be ridiculous
0: I've, I've seen some interesting and i've actually played in some major sigma events where they've had five so if it's 2000 point army they'll let you have 500 points as a sideboard so you have 1500 points which is set between the two lists and 500 points of flex but but it's not like i have a pool of models like a summoning pool it's mm. like list a has this extra 500 points and list b has this 500 points so i'm yeah. either I, so the list stays consistent it's just that if i need more chaff i could have this i need more heroes i've got an option that gets me an extra hero build here um it adds a bit more dynamic. I have seen a few, um, I, I know, other games have more sideboard shenanigans, yeah. but I think you're right. I think sometimes if you go too different, um, it just slows down the game adds a lot of complexity. Yeah. A lot of say,
1: yeah. Uh, to list. Yes, it would be good, but it would take some very careful implementing, implementing, like to, to AOS to do it. Um, it would be it would definitely be good if like people if most people that go to a tournament are okay with the idea can you put your mic you
0: you knocked your mic sorry you just yeah yeah (laughs) you're
1: good yeah people yeah if people are used to the ideal having to list then yes then it's good if like if it adds like too much needless complex complexity then then it probably needs to be like think about more like maybe something like a sideboard would be like a good start Mm. and then stuff like that
0: any other Anything else from War Machine or Hordes that you would consider maybe that
1: we could borrow or like would would really work for us? Um, maybe cool, maybe like cooler, not cooler, but like more terrain rules. Even though like even though Warmer Hordes, like predominantly uses like two D terrains now, but like terrains have really big impact from in the game. Like let's like a small pieces of wall like can stop uh, things from charging because they don't have like the Pathfinder rule, like stuff like that. So more terrain rules could be good. What does I mean, that mean?
0: You know, Pathfinder rule. What does that mean?
1: They're just like models, models without like Pathfinder in a war machine, like they can like charge over walls.
0: Okay. Because we, we, we would just measure up and, you know, yeah. if we're going to yeah. charge over a wall... Yeah, we just go, uh, uh, uh. but yeah. for you, you lot, it would stop a charge. Um,
1: if it if it doesn't have like the rules that lets it go past like flight, if it's like not incorporeal or have pathfinder, st- stuff like that. So are more-
0: there other terrain rules?
1: Uh, yeah, like uh, the forest rules. Or, are- this is where. I should have just checked. Checked. That's up all right. On... That's all right.
0: If if, if if you don't remember like all of them, I'm just I'm more thinking because yeah, I hear some people really like the Age of Sigma terrain rules. You know, they they love the the simplicity of having you know six different options. At the end of Age of Sigma two, when we had twelve options and we had you know enchant uh, enchanting and commanding and nullification, people went, "Whoa, that's too many rules. That's too many terrain rules." But then you look at 40K and, you know, the the way that they've defined line of sight blocking and, you know, level one kind of terrain, you can't see through it unless there's a a window. And, like, you know, do we want to get to that granularity of of terrain? Maybe not terrain
1: rules was not the right phrase. Maybe, like, more, like, line of sight blocking pieces. So to... Because, what's it called? Shooting armies are quite strong in this game because there's no, like penalties for shooting into combat stuff like that so more of sight, blocking terrains could be good to like to maybe make the predominantly melee only armies better
0: is there a lot yeah yeah okay interesting yeah. is there a lot of are, are, in war machine are you building more melee or are you building more shooting or are you a bit of a bit of both
1: I would say uh, I would say predominantly you build melee, as in most ranged armies in, uh, what's it called, um, in War Machine, hordes tend to become very, like, board control or you're just trying, you're just killing them from far distance away so they can't really get to you, and then that, that done, th- those mm-hmm. armies done well creates a really, like, negative, like, play experience, it's just like, your armies, your melee armies can never get to the, their stuff. Which is just like
0: 50, 50, like 15 Illuminate Sentinels, right? Like that would be the similar, that would be the our version of that.
1: Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Basically that. Like scenarios help balance scenarios, help balance it. But yeah. But besides that, I think uh, the, the AOS is I would say pretty good, like a turn already. Like, like some people can't, will just never be able to accept the fact that there's a, Double potential, like I went, then my opponent went twice, and I lost because of it. That, that is that'll be a hard barrier for people to cross, regardless how you like explain it to them. So, and a lot of people still do that,
0: even in our community. The, you know, you often talk to people and you ask them, you know, what happened in your game, and they, and a lot of the time, it's I, I, I got doubled, and I think that's the easy answer. If you say I got doubled, well, yeah, like, of course, you know that. But at the same time, you have the ability to be double. You, you could be doubling someone, and I think it's often the easy answer, but not, it's not necessarily the right answer. And if you are finding that you're losing your gains because of the double, I would challenge you and say, well, maybe it's the tactics you're applying that allowed your opponent to double you and take out those key pieces. You overstretched. You didn't have a plan. You didn't have enough defense or some command points to do the things that you need to do in order to protect yourself.
1: Yeah, most time if your if your opponent's double is very devastating to the point where it's like game winning, that's probably that so most of the time usually means you overstretch your lines, like yeah. So they got to like hit one side of it, and then they double, and then they click crushed in. Sometimes that's not the case, but that those are, I think, rare and far in between already. Like most of my games, like. When the games I lose like 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 yes sometimes I get double but those games are pretty doomed to begin with like like yes I got doubled but my snakes already got charged when they took their regular turn so the fact that I, that double didn't help me come back to the game but didn't it wasn't the reason I lost
0: The other other part as well is um, there's been plenty of times where I've given away the priority role. So I I could have doubled you, but I actually gave it away because I'm comfortable enough that I can deny you from scoring. If I'm in combat, I'm able to handle you. um, And I don't need the double turn to win, or I'm delaying the double turn to the time that it matters, you know, potentially um, turn three to turn four, or maybe I want to plan for Titanic shift and remove the objective in turn three you know, winning priority between turn one to turn two isn't nearly valuable as turn two to turn three or turn three to turn four, right? So um, that's often, you know, where the planning and, you know, the offensive versus defensive mindset comes in. Then, you know, to Jack, Jack calling it out, the hardest, it's the hardest skill to learn, you know, preparing yourself for the double. It's easier to complain, but it's that reflection point of what could I have done differently if I lost the priority role that might have changed it and it might have been that my i didn't advance up the board nearly as much as i i should have or i did and i made their charge harder i kept myself out of their range of their key shooting i did something that i, I had a wizard in range to
1: unbind where previously i didn't yeah it's, it was it's 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 pretty hot it's hard to prepare for those things which makes it like sure easier to like complain about it. i'm a i'm a pretty big fan of like Titanic shift to just blow up an objective. If you, if your opponent gets priority, priority, and then you get to, you going second on battle round three, I think that's pretty important because it gives you something like sometimes game game winning. Like, yes, your opponent doubles you, but you blew up the objective that where most of his army are, and then now he has to like spend spend a turn going places. Now he doesn't get to like like attack you how he wants to.
0: And a lot of opponents don't have the speed to then get into the other objective to get them scoring. So if they don't have that, the teleporty or the movement shenanigans, you've now kept some of their army out of the fight for the last two rounds. And that's where you can claw back. So again, thinking offensive versus defensive, what happens if my opponent was to to take the Titanic shift, remove the objective off me, how would I get in and keep scoring my battle tactics and scoring the objectives? And what teleporty, movement, you know how how long would it take me to shift my army up the board? And again, having that plan will 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 help you dramatically. It won't work all the time, but no, it's you, thinking about offensive yeah. and defense.
1: Yeah, sometimes you just get alpha twice by like iron you it, it, It's a loss anyway. So
0: sometimes just... the geist rolls three sixes on its more and does eighteen mortal wounds. Like sometimes yeah. these things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah a lot of, a lot of cool discussion and you know I think we could talk for hours um, you know yeah, that
1: was, that was cool. quite entertaining to talk ALS in this capacity
0: is there any, anything else you can I've got one burning one final burning question I want to ask you but is there yes. anything else that we could learn from you know even the way tournaments are run um, the way that you know you mentioned that you know in Age of Sigmar we have a lot of cool painting stuff and display boards um, anything you're even thankful for in Age of Sigma that you know you didn't have an opportunity to have in I don't know War of uh, I
1: mean, I think just the all the different prizes AOS have is like like really encouraging for people to, to play in it. Like the best like grand alliance, like best orders, best like stuff like that. And then like some some turn they even go as say best factions and then I think encouraged encouraging like hobby awards are like very important and then like sportsmanship when it doesn't tie into like game scores are also really good so like you because sometimes you get if sportsmanship are part of like the scoring for like best gen like best overall stuff like that it can get k- kind of muddy but even then it, ha- it doesn't normally like affect the, the outcome that much like normally people that do very well are very like pleasant opponent to play with like says the guy who got won best overall at was it
0: austin <laughs> where yeah. you because you because your best general you placed what you placed in top 10 Eight. for best general
1: yeah but then, you won
0: best overall because of your combined hobby
1: scores or yeah i think it was hobby score and like battle points because i and because i think i like a 50 of a balance hobby score i think everyone i think that's like pretty base level and then and then scored a lot of like battle points because I in that tournament I scored 24 out of 25 battle tactics and then miss one grand strategy so that helped a lot yeah yeah uh, cool, look I'm uh, cool award
0: I, I'm not I'm yeah I, I haven't played in many communities but I'm very happy that you know and, and something that I try to offer and maybe this comes back to people not dropping nearly as much in in Sigma versus other games you know Magic is obviously a, a great example you know there's literally no hobby awards because I'm not painting my cards. I'm not yeah. it's not like best vintage card that's blue, you yeah. know. But you know, having having these awards, you know, whether it's you know what I play gits, right? And you know, if I bring my gloom spike gets to a tournament, me going five and O oh is like I'm go go and buy a lottery ticket. But if <laughs> yeah. I can win best destruction, it's an incentive that keeps driving me in my competition or even just trying to do better with my gits than you know other gits players. Is an intrinsic incentive that keeps me keeps me going and trying to do my best despite not having the ability to go five and zero. And even the mentality of like, I know Gits aren't that good, so I'm not going there to five and zero because I wouldn't bring Gits to five and zero at an event right now.
1: Yeah, those are uh, those armies are the less played or like the less the weaker armies are usually. I'm pretty scared to play against those because. You normally, don't get to play against them a lot, so I like I'm worried about things that I, that I don't know. So, I like it's hard, and it's hard for me to ask questions, you know, like, right before a game starts. Like, so, uh, what does your army do? Like, that, that, that doesn't help me. Like, I have to see it happen to me, and then it's like, oh, yeah, that's not good, yeah. So, I learned that way. So, like, I play against things that I don't play against normally, it would just make it more difficult for me, I would say, yeah. I'm, I'm the same
0: type of player. I, I, I learn best from experience. So yeah. I will pl- like I'll read, I'll read a battle tome and um, I'll go right intellectually. I understand, but the minute that it's on the table, and then I see the damage output, the movement shenanigans, whatever it might be. I'm like, right, I get it now. Now I can play around it. Um, and that's like every piece of chaos, you know, game is close and you're right. Like, you know, there's a lot of cool games you can have a lot of fun, but going in and, um, I'm being told you fear Hakiron. I don't know if that's true or
1: not I have no I idea don't... Uh, maybe because I haven't I haven't, <laughs> you played... haven't played it yeah there was a SoCal the SoCal tournament in round four I play against an Ambogar army with the double frost our Phoenix three hydras two pervice like oh, I saw that list looking back I it's like a really I, I should be happy I got drawn into that but going into it like i don't really have any idea how this game goes I probably score a lot of monster points but like there's a sense that i might get overwhelmed by all the random like hydras and this stuff i guess and then like the frost heart phoenix's aura so i could think about some what could happen but like like obviously they have played multiple games of that versus me having never seen the army play so and that's
0: why sometimes my advice if someone's going to a tournament is to Go and headhunt those people. Go if you've never played against Lumineth because there's no there's no Lumineth player, or if you haven't played against Suns and the big Gargans, and you've hear the, the the horror stories on the internet, but you haven't actually played against sons, well go out and try to find that person. Go and see if there's a, a player on tabletop simulator. Go try to find someone in, in your outside your community to get that experience so you're better prepared on the day last question i've got for you before we wrap things up is well it's kind of maybe a two-parter mm-hmm. i i half know the answer but i want to see if you know it anyway in 2018 you were on a podcast with muse on mini and you had some tactical tips in 2018 on war machine yeah, yeah. do you remember what those tactical tips were in
1: 2018 oh man that i there's no way i remember that no way <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer, which is why the other part to
0: that question is that you're in 2021. What is Tom's tactical tips for Age of Sigma right now? Because you've gone well. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat for the people who joined us late. You went eighth in the in the US Open in Austin, fifth in SoCal Open, ninth in New Orleans Open. You were best overall at Austin. You came seventh at Old Town Throwdown Two. You've done really well and you've been here for literally three minutes. Now you've been here three months playing yeah. Age of Sigma, So, you know, you haven't had a lot of time, but you've crossed the line and you've done it really well. So what is Tom's tactical tip for Age of Sigma from everything you've learned so far?
1: Honestly, it's just like, for me, it's just trying to play as many games as possible. Like you can think about all the things you want, like uh, this like people say this goes really well this is the best army and then i should be playing this this and this but honestly you just have to find something that looks good like i would say this something that looks appealing to you like the models because regardless of how good it is you're going to be looking at the models you play with more than whatever you play against so find something that you like looking at and then just play play them like i i play i picked night beginning and then I and then my, we I bought dollars after that. It could have been heat, it could have just as well been hedonized. It was very it was dollars heathenized, it was very close. And then like I picked dollars at the end. Just pick something you like looking at. And don't try not to think about like the results. Obviously, yes, winning is good, but you need to be you're gonna lose more games than you win. Just overall, like, if you play a lot of games, that's just more, what's likely to happen. At least from when I played War Machine, play Magic, that just, you need to get used to losing and then get something out of the games you lose. Because ob- those games usually remember more vividly, because, you like, if you're, unless, for me at least, I, I don't like losing, so I remember those things really well. Like, what why I lost and this stuff like that. And then just try to analyze it. Try not to make lose to the same thing twice. Like, not even the army, just the same kind of mistakes. And then just play. And then just have you have to have fun in these things. Like that, people say it all the time, but you have to have fun because it's a lot. Uh, AOS games take very long to play, and if you're not having fun. And if you're only fun in the game is winning, then you're gonna be in for very like bad times. You you've you've raised some really good
0: points, and and hopefully, like I can't uh, look. It's obviously I won't go to Jack for some advice. Jack saying that while he agrees with you, and you know you you've learned you learn you loo- you learn when you lose. He, he claims that you know he's won more than he's lost. But nice. uh, I don't walk around to... with a fifty sentinel crutch. So. Um I'll keep that in mind Jack thank you for the hot tip but I think it's key right you know when when people lose you've got to ask yourself what could I have done differently to have changed the situation and you know some of my my favorite things to do is to ask my opponent where did it go wrong for me mm-hmm. what is it that you did and My opponent may not be ever right. Like they might might miss the mark completely, but then they also might bring up some really good ideas. You're like, oh, I don't know why you went for that objective. Oh, I think you pushed yourself too far. Or the minute you opened up that space at the back and allowed me to bring something in from reserve. So I was really worried about this until you did this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll keep that in my mind. I'll write it down. You know, adult learning principles show that we learn more and retain more when you write things down so write it down make sure that you've got um that knowledge and then you especially at a tournament where you've got five games potentially or even three games at a local store i can immediately apply that feedback on the spot as opposed to trying to remember it the next game i play which might be you know a week from now two weeks
1: now a month from now yeah and yeah Uh, love love the game so you just just gotta keep playing and then have fun, yeah. So it's just the chat going crazy because yeah. I sh- threw shots at Jack. Uh,
0: but if Jack Jack had an open invitation to join the channel to talk to me about something, so maybe he can return serve and come back on like he was meant to in August. But um, in all seriousness, Tom, this has been awesome. Um, I think I'm not a War Machine player. Um, I Certainly have played other games in the past. I think there's always something we can learn from other communities. You know, I try to expose myself a little bit—not like expose myself, but I, I try to like learn from what a ma- what's magic doing. You know, uh, even for my own channel, like as, as an uh, as a YouTuber, I'll watch forty k content. I'll watch Magic the Gathering. I'll look at you know, to Tatar- College. I think he's he's like an educational Magic the Gathering channel. And I'll look at like I think there's another guy who does like buy and sells for for magic, and I'll watch them and go. What are they doing that kind of works that maybe I can borrow in my community? And I think learning from the War Machine, Warmer Horde faction, and if you are watching this and you are from War Machine, maybe you've stolen some ideas from Tom. Bring in some allegiance or faction type of, of incentives if you've got a problem with players dropping through the game. You know, look at the incentive structures and, you know, we all we all become a better wargaming community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Any final shout outs? I'm going to put your Twitter handle. uh, It's not in the, in the description right now, uh, you are on Twitter. If people want to chat a little bit more, you are a West coast player. If that's correct.
1: Yes. Um, Uh, Try to one thing, one thing about AOS is just like, it's hard to track down where all the tournaments are. And uh, like, I would just find out about tournaments. Like, Oh, there's a thing happening in two weeks. like, like over here. And then like, Oh, I wish there's like a like a central calendar of like when stuff are happening. But I know that there's obviously difficulties with that, but I tried to go to the tournaments I can find that are not sold out to those are a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun like these like very short three months of just playing AOS Like all my like all the opponents I play against are been pretty fantastic. I learned a lot just playing games and just watching the games. Like, I really enjoy watching games more than I play sometimes, and then especially in AOS because there's a lot of a lot of decisions that goes into everything, and then it's just cool for me to just watch games. Like that's well, why I like you- commissions are awesome.
0: Well, if you want to watch, there's plenty of awesome battle reports. Obviously, Jack from ReRolling Ones is a great one. Season of Wars, another one. A lot of great creators out there, and I think um, that's probably one of the other cool things is that I think the, the the hobby community is well supported through blogs, podcasts, Twitch streams, YouTube yeah. reports. You know, there's a there's a great uh, a great following. Follow Tom, ping him so he can kind of see all the tournaments that are happening in the local community to make sure he's not missing out. Yeah. You are a legend. I've learned a lot um i might one day paint my little warmer hordes model um nice. she is really cool actually she's like a little bathing she's great but yeah. uh she's a daughter's a cane model but don't <laughs> tell don't tell don't tell games workshop actually it doesn't matter amazon yeah. parades over yeah um final note uh just by dragons are you excited about these big monsters they probably I... featured in 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 war machine
1: i am uh gonna pick up some of those uh storm drake riders and my play around with some uh what's it called um stormcast eternals yeah that, that's that's what the faction's called yeah yeah nice
0: yeah i've, I've got dragons i've got they're all they're all hiding yeah. over there after did a bunch of videos yeah. but all right i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up after like seven attempts this has been a, this has been great tom thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure glad we got through the tech issues yeah. i yeah. hope you have all learned a few things about war machine if you were a War Machine player and you now play AOS, I'd also love to hear from you. What's what have you noticed that's different? Uh, what have you? What do you think Age of Sigmar could learn from War Machine, and what could we do to improve? I think we always could. We could always improve. We can improve our events. We can improve our attendance, our play style. Let me know in the comments. Tom, you're a legend. We're we'll dropping off. Thank
1: you. Thanks for
0: sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below.